Blog Talk Radio. Time again. It is that time again, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Open Minds Radio Show. We got the Money Game 101 today. Hashtag Ask a Millionaire. So we're going to go ahead and play this OJ old school hit track for the love of money. Just in honor of the fact that it is tax season and all that good stuff. So enjoy the song and we'll be Coming back to you guys really, really soon with the money game with our special guest, our millionaire, Mr. Gary Carnegie Sr. So enjoy the music.
All right, all right, all right. What's going on, y'all? It's Open Minds Radio Show. This is episode 10, you guys, of the new year, season 2, Open Minds Radio Show. This is a Money Game 101 episode. So make sure that you guys take notes because we're going to be talking about money. It's about to be tax season. Well, technically, it is tax season. And, yep. you know, everybody's on their W-2s, their 99s, and all type of stuff. And, you know, some of us, we weren't actually taught, you know, by our parents or even the school sometimes with, you know, how to file taxes and who is FICA. Nope. You know, like, what do I do who when I get my check? How do I, how do I save money? How do I spend it properly? How, how do I go about being frugal? with my money you know I, I could be cheap but how do I be frugal you know how do I be smart with my money and we don't get a lot of instructions on money I mean Ross Queen did you get a crash course in finance in high school um, no 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 I did not and unfortunately <laughs> um, as I stated in a previous show it took until I was grown and had met my best friend for her to teach me. And I actually just learned, you guys, how to sit and budget each and every month. So it's it's horrible, and I'm 25. But these are the things that our parents aren't teaching us, our grandparents, you know, because these are necessarily things they weren't taught either. They're just, you know, flying by on a wing and a prayer. And I kind of feel like I need to teach my daddy somebody uh, budgeting strategies and finances. So we're going to get to him, too, a little bit later, you know? <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's, it's, it's crazy because you know, when it comes to being able to actually know what to do with the money and how to, uh, you know, just make the money work for you. Like, we always so busy trying to work for the money. We're trying to, to make the money, and we end up selling the most valuable valuable asset that we have for pennies. You realize when you go to work, you are mm-hmm. you are saying, I'm signing this contract that says I'm going to sell you my time for ten dollars an hour. Right. <laughs> and it sounds good. But when you think about it, you know, that's time away from your family, that's time that you're not traveling, that's time that you're not in school, you know, that's time that you're probably not even building, you know, a legacy for your family. You're giving your time away for pennies most of the time. So it's like, how do I, you know, like, and then you expect people to to really, like, understand, and most of the time they don't, (laughs) you know, like, how many times have you considered starting a business or something like that? And somebody would be like, uh, what are you doing? You should go with the flow. Right. Get a regular <laughs> Nah, not going to happen, partner. I got the, the entrepreneurship bug a long, long time ago. And it has never left. I mean, I mean, I remember trying to, like, sell rocks for in school like jade rocks and stuff like that like I mean do you have any kind of experience with entrepreneurship Rockley? Um, honestly my mom was a heavy um, person who was into 
um, income on the side. So, like, I grew up as the Avon kid. <laughs> I used to help her fill Avon orders all the time. And really, um, she's the reason why I kind of have the hustle I have now as far as trying to figure out more than one stream of income because she always had more than one stream. She never just had one. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that was my entrepreneurship because basically she was owning her own business you know when you work for Avon you own your own business in 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 essence so um and actually right now my mom is at it again darn Tina back at it again with the entrepreneurship um she's actually um running her own paint and sip company you know everybody likes to paint everybody likes to sip cocktails so she actually throws paint parties whether it's for kids older people or what have you um, and maybe later on I'll plug your information in there. Awesome, awesome. We do like entrepreneurship here at the Open Minds Radio Show. Um, I have um, somebody introduced to you guys, and he's amazing. He's actually a mentor. He's um, a self-made millionaire, Compton, CBC, <laughs> in the finance mm-hmm. industry. Um, he's he's a great guy, and he has a family. He's created a legacy, and all of that. So, for you guys who don't know, I'm all about supporting financial literacy, and this guy has been instrumental in just breaking it down the easy way. So we're just gonna play some instrument, uh, some music to introduce Mr. Gary Carnegie Senior. Yay! <laughs> all I do is win, 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 no matter what. And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they say there. Cause all I do is sweep, sweep, sweep. And if you go in here, put your hands in the air, make them say that. Alright, alright, I got my my little uh boxing gloves on. I feel like I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, my hands are in the air too. And they stay there, yeah, I was going. So, Mr. Gary Carnegie Sr., are you there? Are you on the line? Can you hear us? Yes, yes, yes. I am on the line. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear uh, you. Thanks for being part of today's show. I appreciate you calling in. Well, I appreciate you ladies having me on the call. I'm excited about having a conversation about making money, saving money, and creating wealth. So let's get started. What's going on? Awesome. Well, we want to get a little bit more into who you are as a person because you were a person before you are a millionaire. So we wanted to play a quick game of this or that. Are you game? Um, let's go. <laughs> okay, so you know how to play this or that, but I'll explain it for anybody listening. We're going to give you two options, and you pick the one that you like the most or that's best for you or whichever one that you absolutely love or can't live without. Okay? Sure. All right. So I think I'll go first. We're going to alternate me and Ross Queen. Um, Drake or Run DMC? Race. You said Drake? You said Drake or Run DMC? Yeah. Is that the stuff you asked me if we're going to talk about that? Or which one do I like best? No, which one do you like best? You got to pick either one. One or the other. Drake. <laughs> okay. All right, go. I'll explain what you got. <laughs> um, 
Jordans or Chuck Taylors? Chuck Taylors, baby. Hey. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Platinum or gold? Platinum. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Horror films or comedies? Comedy. I hate horror films. <laughs> Me too, I feel you. Okay, what about this one? Books or DVDs? DVDs all day long. <laughs> <laughs> That's a circle of any house. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so like, as long as they're I educational have... DVDs. I don't, not movies, but they're educational DVDs. I really, like, I learn more from watching YouTube and DVDs than I do from reading. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. All right. So I got one for you: juice or water? Oh God, I'm, my wife's gonna hate me for the juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm keeping it real. Um, keep it honest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, suits or sweats? Suits. All the way. Okay. Nice, nice. All right, last one, Ross Queen. Um, depth or a shallow beauty? Style of beauty. Mm. Nice. All right, so that's our two minutes getting to know Mr. Gary Carnegie Sr. Hey. <laughs> it's always interesting to see, like, the man behind the money, you know, on a personal level. So, like, really quickly, like, a little bit more about your background. Like, I know you really are the definition of starting from the bottom, and now you where you at. So can you give us, like, just a couple of minutes of where you came from and where you are? For sure. I, I'm from a small, quiet town um, called South Central Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> and that's a joke, by the way. Um, <laughs> I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, had great parents. My dad was an entrepreneur and uh, business owner, of course, and had his own maintenance company. Before that, he owned a restaurant in New Jersey before he moved here to California. Uh, him and my mom bought real estate back in the 60s, and they started renting out properties. My dad was also a pastor of a church. Got called to the ministry in 1971, and as crazy as it may seem, but he actually used his church to fill up his real estate property, so he would rent out to church members um, that were in need of residence. So that's how he kind of kept the places filled up. Um, kind of different approach to fill up real estate, but that's what he did. Okay, um, my mom's a school teacher. She's an educated woman. Got her master's in education from um, Cal State University right here in Southern California. Uh, got married to my dad when she was 19. He was 34. That's a 15-year age difference. And they built a life together. And they had four boys. I am the second of four uh, boys. And we were all great, doing fine. And then 1980s came around and drugs came around and tore apart our family. Um, not in the way like my parents were divorced, so they weren't. They were together the entire time until the day they passed away. Um, but they tore apart because three of my, well, all three of my brothers, the four of us total. So three of us got involved in the street life, the gangs, the drugs, and all the stuff that comes along with that negativity. And I got um, side recruited into the financial services business during that same period of time. I was a paramedic for five years, EMT one, which means you make no money. But that's okay. It was an <laughs> honorable job. 
And then I uh, went from there and got into the financial industry, which I'm still in to this day. And I uh, became a millionaire um, before I was 30. So at 24, I was broke. Um, then at age 30, I was a self-documented millionaire um, by the IRS standards. And today I have 18 financial services locations from Southern California all the way to Arizona. Um, and I'm opening up more right now as we speak. I'm an author as well. Um, I own eight other companies outside of the financial service industry just to kind of diversify my income as well. Uh, that's where I'm at today. I'm retired now 23 years um, in terms of working for money to feed my family. I now do it because I want to do it, not because I have to. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's, I'm, I mean, I'm just so inspired by your story. It's it's one of those those stories where, you know, when I feel like there's no hope or when I feel like I'm just so down and I'm in my little drift, I'm like, well, no, because, you know, it's funny, you did it. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and yeah, we have our, our separate kind of struggles, you know, we're in different, we grow up in different times, but at the basis, it's pretty much the same. Right, you know, exactly. And I can say personally, you know, you've inspired me to go and work my passion, you know, and whether that is in radio or whether that is um, building a community program or anything like that, I know that I have an example now, especially, and it, it, it honors me to know that you're African American man. Right. And I love that. Being a black man that can inspire somebody, that's like, right. that's top of the line for me. I don't know about you, Ross Queen, but uh, <laughs> that's Oh, you cool. already know how I feel. Yeah, you already know how I feel because we need more of those who look like us to empower the others who look like us. Because more than like, most likely, we don't take things too well from those who don't look like us. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to take your advice. But when somebody who is distinguished and of your own color, it's kind of like, hey, well, if he did it or she did it, I can do it too. So, yeah, I'm. that's the top of the line. So, you know, I do appreciate you coming on. We're going to actually get into it. We have a couple minutes before the break, but um, I wanted to pose to you just a couple of questions um, that we have. You know, as um, millennials trying to figure it out, <laughs> you know, we don't really have it all the way figured out. And so, um, you know, with tax season coming up, we wanted to make sure that we talked to somebody who knew about money, who knew how to manage money, and and all of those things. I mean, you know, for you guys listening, he's a senior, and he has a junior, and his son is doing amazing things and making that kind of money. So um, after that break of attorney, we're going to make sure that we go ahead and um, get you those questions. But at this time, we are going to hear a song. We're going to go into some T Pain because he got money. <laughs> so go ahead and you get know ready. He will be uh, right, right, right back. Um, we're going to go ahead and make sure you guys follow us. We're live tweeting at Open Minds Radio.
money, Lil Wayne, then the music drop. I make it snow, I make it flurry, I make it out back to my restaurant. Gary Carnegie some of your questions. So make sure you hashtag ask a millionaire 
and uh, mention us at Open Minds Radio. So I know, Rothwin, you have a question. Yes, 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 I did. Well, yes, I do, because I still have it, you know. It's not past tense yet. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask a few questions, if that's all right with you, sir, Mr. Gary. Sure. All right. So my first question is simply, when did you first get smart with money? After I got done with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a crazy answer, but it's kind of true. Um, obviously, when you don't have any money, you know, you pray and wish that, you know, or you hope or you dream that when I get some money, I'm going I'm to do the right thing with it. I'm never going to be broke ever again. And you know, I hate not having money, and I hate, you know, not knowing if I go to the ATM machine, you know, will I have any money or will I be embarrassed going to a restaurant and my card don't work again and, you know, all the stuff that you go through when you don't have money, you know, it's like, dang, man, this sucks, getting car repossessed, car cell phone cut off again, you know, putting stuff in my mama's name so I can't use my name no more. And then you get into a situation where if the money comes in, whether it be an income tax return check, or be your parents left you some money, you sold a car, you just come into a windfall of money, and it could be a thousand dollars, not to be a hundred thousand dollars, it'd be a thousand dollars. If you're broke, a thousand dollars is a hundred thousand to you. And then you get that thousand dollars, all of a sudden you get amnesia. <laughs> you know, you throw them all, you start spending your money and <laughs> You know, you, you forget the days when you struggled, didn't have enough food in the refrigerator, and you're looking for something to, to fix in the pantry, and there's nothing in there. Um, you forget about the time because you get that good feeling, that feeling of, I have a thousand dollars on me. Oh, yeah, I'm going to the mall, I'm going to the movies. And all of a sudden, you go spend that entire check, and then you wake up the next day depressed. And after a while, you start going, okay, this is a repeat thing. It's not even about money. It's about me. I am bad with money. It doesn't matter how much I have, I blow it. And then when I go broke, I say I'll never do that again, and I go do it again, again, and again. So at some point, you have to stop the madness, uh, and there's three ways to change. You know, my, one of my mentors told me years ago, Gary, there are three ways to change. One way to change is to be scared. That means the fear of God kicks in. Something happens, and you go, oh, my God, I better start saving money because what a bit, they almost repossessed my car. Oh, my God, I'm glad I hit it that day. Oh, my God, okay, that scared the crap of me. I better start saving money. That's, that, nothing happened to you. They didn't take your car, but you got scared to death, and you got to start saving my money. I hate that feeling. That they might take my car. That's scared. Then the next way to change is tragic. Something happens. You're in a situation and your mother needs you, but it's going to cost you $300 to get to her because you don't have money. And it's going to cost mm-hmm. you $300 to buy a little cheap plane ticket to go to Texas on Southwest Airlines, and you ain't got $3 to get to your mother. And something tragic mm-hmm. happens, and she passed away, and you were not there by her side because you didn't have the money. And you say, I hate that. I'll never go through this crap again. I'll save my money. I have to live with that now for the rest of my life, right? So now you change because something tragic happened. Then the third way to actually change is just simply make a choice. <laughs> right. right, right. Simply make a choice. <laughs> Nothing tragic has to happen. You don't have to be scared. Just make a conscious decision. That's it. I'm going to start saving money, okay? And for me, it was a combination of all three, you know? Um, <laughs> scared, into it. Something happened. It took my car one time in front of my, my friend, embarrassed me, um, repossessed Mm-mm. my car with my stuff in it. That really happened to me. That's embarrassing because your neighbor's out looking. 
And then also, finally, you say, that's it. You make a mental decision, and you change because it's a choice. So that's what I did. Awesome. That's some good stuff. Um, If you guys um, are listening, you can actually find um, our bullet points that we're pulling, you know, from the conversation on our social media. Make sure you guys check us out. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash OMR Presents. So make sure you go ahead and like that. Um, One of the questions that we got from somebody on Twitter, um, at X-Man Funk had a question. He says, uh, what is the best way to pay yourself with an LLC that makes upwards of $30,000 a month? Do you have an answer for that, Gary? Um, I think the best way to pay yourself um, is you set up a corporation or an LLC, which is a limited liability company, you're setting it up to basically protect yourself for any type of litigation, lawsuits, or even taxation, um, over-taxation. I do believe that you should pay your, your fair share of required tax, but nothing more than that. And when you set up an LLC, you want to put yourself personally to pay yourself. When you structure your payroll as an employee of the LLC to match your personal life within reason. So, for example, you make $30,000 a month. In terms of the company making it, because you're going to funnel it through the company, you didn't make thirty grand a month. The company did, and now the company has in the bank account thirty grand that came in the door. Then how much of that thirty grand do you need to live your personal life? So let's say it's five grand a month. Then out of the thirty thousand, five thousand dollars should be set up as a payroll to you as the employee of the LLC, and that five thousand dollars pays your mortgage, your rent, your insurances. Whatever structure you have of bills, including child care, food, whatever, then you do that. Now, I will tell you this, but you also can structure your payroll to give you an incentive bonus every three months, like an employee would do, a performance bonus. So you may get 5000 a month consistently, then every quarter get an extra 10000 in a quarterly bonus, which adds another $30,000 to your payroll every year. But remember, when you do that, you're putting yourself in a position to be personally taxed because the corporation is taxed at one level, and then you're taxed at another level because you're an employee of the corporation. Okay? Awesome. Thank you. And um, X-Man Funk, if you're listening, I hope you're taking notes because I am. (laughs) Um, I was actually um, considering starting LLC very soon uh, for some some business with brand planning. So that's um that's definitely gonna be some good stuff. Um, Rockman, we got about four more minutes, uh, before the next break. Did you have another uh question that you want to share? Um, well, actually he answered the second question. I was gonna ask what let's what lets you know you needed in change and how you dealt with money. So now I'll just move on to um so now do you plan out your finances every month? I'm sorry? I said, do you plan out your finances every month? Um, not anymore. But there was a time when I was actually in the process of building my my cash cow. Yes, of course, I had to set up a budget and plan out my finances. But now, because my income is so much higher than my expenses, you know, I don't even have to look at anything. I just, if I want someone to go get it, I don't worry about it not being there because I have residual income. And so as long as I stay below a certain number, you know, and I'm good, so I don't have to look at it anymore with my dollars and cents and budget. And I just, if my wife wants $10,000, let's go take it out of the account. You know, I don't worry about it anymore. 
But in the beginning, you have to start out by having a discipline program and a budget. Say, this is what we're going to spend. We're not going to pass this. That means when this account runs out, we are not going to the movies. We're not going nowhere. We're going to live like we're broke again until that money comes back. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, that's that's um, one of the things that my dad was teaching me was how to um, kind of break up your income. Um, he did it in, like, six different ways. Um, you know, like have, like, one account that you never, 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 ever touch. And you have one for your bills. You have one for you know, long-term savings and spending. So, like, if you want to save for a car or something like that, and then, you know, something for education and then something to play around with, you know, and then also something to um, to donate, you know, for the, the gratitude aspect. Um, what, do you, what do you think about, you know, doing savings like that? Yeah, um, um, experts say you want to have at least four fundamental accounts. Six would be great, like your dad said. You know, the more the merrier. But in a traditional standpoint, um, following the rule of thumb, you want to have an emergency fund. That's money where you only have dedicated that for an emergency, a car breaking down, you lose a job, your refrigerator goes out, something like that. So it doesn't create a domino effect of you using credit cards to fix that problem. You want to have a second account, which is an expense account. That's where you pay all your bills, your light bill, your gas bill, your food, your clothes, your child care, going to the movies, gas in the car, whatever, Okay. Then you have another account short-term for your goals. I want to take a vacation to Dubai. I'm going to take it in 2017. So you have an account for short-term goals. Send the kid to college, remodeling your kitchen, down payment on a house, starting a business. Ten years or less is considered short-term. Then you want to have a long-term account. This money is for you when you retire, whether it be five years now, 10, 20, 30 years now, when you get to a position where you don't have to work for money ever again, you want to have your money working for you and preferably you want to put that into a uh, something like a mutual fund, and you want to put that into a IRA where you don't be taxed on a Roth IRA, so you don't get taxed on the gains from that particular mutual fund. So those are the four accounts that you must have. But if you want to have six accounts, I love that. Account strictly for your gratitude account. I love hearing that. I'll add that now to my list of things that people should do um, on top of what you already mentioned. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we can both you know, share some things that we both can use um, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you just now tuning in, like I said, this is the Open Minds Radio Show. This is our money game episode, okay? So we're trying to get up on game on how money works because a lot of us are unclear on how money works. Right. Um, so we have um, Mr. Gary Carnegie Sr. on the line. He is a millionaire. He's helping us out. He's answering our questions. And so make sure you guys continue to tune in. We do have some old school music coming on. Um, so Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Make sure you guys tune in, and we'll be right back at Open Minds Radio Show. Though you may not drive a great big
need either. But point the biggest gap to God, I make him a believer. It wouldn't be the first time I done it, throwing hundreds when I should be throwing ones. I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. Who the y'all? I swear it feels like the last few nights. We've been everywhere and back, but I just can't remember it all. What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, yes, that's right. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm living life right now, man. And this what I'm going to do till it's over. Till it's over. Uh, one thing about music, when it hits you, feel no pain And I swear I got this that make these go insane So they tell me that they love me, I know better than that It's just game, it's just what comes with the fame And I'm ready for that, I'm just saying But I really can't complain, everything is kosher Two thumbs up, Eva and Rover I really can't see the end, getting any closer But I'll probably still be the man when everything is over So I'm riding through the city with my high beams on Can you see me, can you see me, get your vibes in on Y'all just do not fit the picture, turn your widescreen on If you thinking I'ma quit before I die, dream on Man, it treat me like a legend, am I really this cold? I'm really too young to be feeling this old It's about time you admit it, who you kidding? Man, nobody's ever done it like I did it I know way too many people here right now That I didn't know last year Who the Y'all, I swear it feels like the last few nights We've been everywhere and back, but I just can't remember it all What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, yes, that's right, I'm doing me I'm doing me I'm living life right now, man And this what I'ma do till it's over Till it's over Till it's far from over Yes, that's right, I'm doing me I'm doing me I'm living life right now, man, and this what I'ma do till it's over, till it's over, till it's far from over. You are listening to Kyra Nation. Yes, you. I are. love this that commercial. Radio show, and this is. The Money Game 101 episode. I hope y'all taking notes because it's not every day that you get a, a millionaire who's making the money that actually lets you sit in the street and pick his brain. So we got right. lucky guys. We got Mr. Gary Carnegie Sr. He is all about finance. He's all about, you know, mentoring and letting people know what's really going on with money. <laughs> okay. Um, Mrs. Carnegie, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, I'm still here. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around. I know it's our show, but I do hope that you like that Drake song we just played. Well, I, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna comment on that. That was pretty crafty. You guys asked those questions in the front and catered the music to me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about you. We were thinking about you. <laughs> so, um. You know, um, one of the main questions that I have for you was, you know, because it is tax season and we do have a habit of getting this money and kind of blowing through it. So what tips do you have on um, using that kind of tax money? And, you know, it's only a few thousand, but um, how would you invest your tax return? Well, I think, well, first of all, let's deal with this issue first, okay? Well, 
and I'll answer your question, I promise you. The first thing I want to give you as a money principle, if you get a tax refund at the end of each year of working, that means that you already made the ultimate mistake the year prior because you should not be getting a tax refund unless you overpaid the IRS. That's why it's called a refund. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do next year, or in this year, should I say 2016, since we're already here, we want to make sure that never happens again. And the way you do that is you say, okay, if your tax refund check is $3,000, let's just say that's the number, that means you overpaid the IRS 250 bucks a month for 12 months straight, and he gave you no interest on that money. And he's giving you back your overcharge, your overpayment. We're saying to people, well, if you're going to give the IRS 250 a month in overpayment and give back a check of 3000 at the end of 12 months, wouldn't it make more sense to have taken that 250 a month in overpayment and put it into your account, put it into an IRA and draw interest on that account and not have the IRS give you any money back at the end of the year because he's giving you back your money um, that every single month of the year prior, if that makes sense. Now, I know that's 2020 is always hindsight, so if you're getting a refund check this year in 2016 for what you did in 2015, which, by the way, you should have already received that. We're already in March. You should take a portion of that money and pay off your debt. Don't go buy a new car. All the commercials on TV and radio are promoting dealerships because people spend normally their refund check on a new car, if you'll notice that. that all the ad <laughs> campaigns, the car campaigns, in the month of January, actually December and January and February, that's orchestrated because young people get that money to go get into debt. What I tell people to do is to take that refund check. If you're going to buy a car because you may need one, then go buy a used car for $3,000 from an auction um, or a friend or you know maybe something from a neighbor that's selling a car. Better, because now you don't have a car note. Okay, you may have to put $500 into getting it back up to par, but you drive around with no car note. First, it's going to get into debt, okay? The next thing, okay. if you say, okay, Gary, I don't have any debt. I got a $3,000 check. I can invest this money. Then by all means, sit down with a licensed financial advisor and let them do what they call a risk management on you or an asset allocation, and it tells them exactly what type of temperament you have for investing money, and it will tell you exactly what fund to be in based on your risk tolerance. And then you move into that area. Okay? But take some money, too, and have some fun, too, though. Yeah, you remember, don't take the mm-hmm. entire thing. Take 10 to 15% of that check and uh, maybe have some fun with it and take the rest and try to pay off some debt um, and also start saving for the future. Oh, my gosh. Where huh? were you when I just got my refund? <laughs> no, well, you can do it this year, though. I know I know it's March, and I know you wish you had talked to me two months ago, but what you can do now for the ones that are on W-2s um, that are working jobs, you want to go to your human resource department and let them know that I like to take my overpayment, okay, and put it into an IRA, and they will actually structure that for you. Uh, well, they'll give you back a bigger check, then you have to sit with a financial advisor and get a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. Mm. Tell me hidden gem. Tell me the gem. A little bit more on what an IRA is for anybody that doesn't know. Sure. An IRA basically is a government acronym for Individual Retirement Account. 
meaning that the government was, is saying to you, if you are a big boy or a big girl and you could save your own money, we will not punish you if you put it into this particular tax shelter called IRA. Put money into that, and you won't have to pay tax on the money today, but you will have to pay tax on it in the future when you take the money out of that account when you reach age 59 and a half. All right? Now, if you're in your 20s and 30s and you're a millennial or younger, you're probably thinking, that's a long time from now. You're going to take my money out of that account. Okay, I want to put it in and take it out. Then what you need to do at that point is go ahead and pay your taxes, but don't overpay. And just pay exactly what is owed and then take that money and put some of it to an IRA and the rest pay off some debt with it. Now, if you say, Gary, I'd like to take my entire overpayment and put it into an IRA, but I don't want to pay taxes on this. Well, then you have to get what they call a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA basically is the opposite. It's where you put money away after you're taxed, and then whatever you grow that account to over the course of those years, if you take $10,000 and you grow it to 15000 you would never pay taxes on the game because you did it with after-tax dollars. So depending on the circumstances, you may either get a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. But both of those particular acronyms stands for Individual Retirement Account, and it's actually a program by the United States government allowing you to save money for your retirement. Awesome. Awesome. I'm taking so, notes. Look. <laughs> <laughs> we get a paper rustling in the background. If you guys are listening I'm to sorry. me, I'm taking notes. You, you, you must already have it going on, but if you feel like you know, your your bills are, are more your income and you feel like you need to make some sort of serious investment to turn your life around, I do hope that you guys are taking notes. Okay. So, um there we have uh one more question. Um, this one is it's kind of about taxation. I mean, I know you kinda of touched on it a little bit when you're talking about uh, receiving a refund. But the question was, how do I avoid unnecessary taxation as a business owner? Um, I think that the key as a business owner, first of all, if you are a true business owner, you're you're not W-2 classified. You're considered what they call a 1099. That is another tax code. And entrepreneurs and business owners, we fall into that category. So we don't get a W-2, which is the worst way to make money because a W-2 basically means that you earn money, you know, and the hardest labor, the highest tax bracket is when a person is being taxed on their labor. Uh, and that's why they call it payroll taxes. It's the worst form of paying taxes. Um, so what you want to do is get into a 1099 situation, whether you even do it on the side, part-time, you have your own detailing business, or you wash car, car, I mean, on, on windows for a living, or you babysit for a living. doesn't have to be something major, just be anything. When you do that, you fall in the category of 1099. All right, that's a tax code. As a 1099 business owner slash entrepreneur, you pay taxes after you expense everything out. So if you make five thousand a month from your babysitting business, and it costs you three thousand a month to run that business, the IRS is not going to tax you on five thousand because you spent three thousand on the business itself. And then the IRS says, well, you only really kept two thousand, and then they tax you accordingly on your tax bracket on the two thousand dollars. So as business owners. 
what do you need to do to prevent from overpaying for taxes? Number one, you should pay your taxes quarterly. Don't pay them yearly. Pay them every 90 days. You want to pay them quarterly. Okay? And it's estimated taxes because you don't know what you're going to make in the next quarter. Okay? Any overage that you pay the IRS, unfortunately, the IRS will use that for future taxes. They don't give it back to you like they would do an employee. So what you do is you try to expense everything out. So if you're making 5000 a month, you want to legally keep documentation of receipts for restaurants, um, travel, um, gas in your car, any business expenses, stamps, paper clips, your cell phone bill, the iPad data plan you have, print paper, ink cartridges, payroll, I can go on and on and on. There are thousands of things you can literally keep receipts on, and that will re- immediately reduce your taxation on whatever's left over. Okay? So you can truly make 5000 and you can keep receipts that you spent $4,900 of that five on business, and you'll be taxed on that $100 that you have left over if you ever want to reduce your taxes. Again, it's all record-keeping. That's all it is, and keeping good receipts and documentation. The IRS loves you because you're keeping your business affairs in order. Well, it definitely has, um, I, I hear a lot of um, organization and discipline. And as a business owner, I'm pretty sure you would, you know, practice good organization skills and discipline. Yeah. Um, you know, those are some very, 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 very good and helpful tips. So I do appreciate that. I know there's a lot of people that we talk to that are interested in starting their own business or, you know, they have something that they're really passionate about and they want to figure out how can I make money doing this without getting in trouble with the IRS or, you know, I want to do it right the first time kind of thing. So um, another question I will have, you know, these last few minutes is what is your take on failure in regards to entrepreneurship? On failure? Yes. Failure as an entrepreneur is the greatest teacher you'll ever have. You learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. So you have to remember, failure is never final until you quit and give up and throw in the towel. Mm. So if you're a true entrepreneur, then every failure that you have, you're going to learn from it. If you don't have failure, how could we ever learn? So my advice to an entrepreneur is to embrace failure. And by the way, it's crazy to say this, but it's true. The more you embrace your failures, the less failures you have. Failure is a failure is a spirit. It's a bully. It picks on people that don't learn from the last lesson. Once you learn from the lesson, failure realizes that you are growing up, you're maturing. So failure doesn't pull that trick on you ever again. Because he knows that you now know how to play the game. And then failure would take it up a notch and go create another problem for you. And you pass that test and so on and so on. Before you know it, failure will get tired and say, there's no reason to bother this person because they kind of know what's going on now. Let's move on to the next victim. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's, that's something to chew on right there. <laughs> right. That's, that's some meat for you. That's, that's some meat. So um, we only got a few minutes left. So, Gary, is there any uh, last-minute um, tips you want to give us as, as people that are endeavoring or any way we can uh, get more of this knowledge from you? Well, 
Well, there is one thing I do want to say. Cause I was sitting there thinking as we were talking about saving your income tax return check and managing your money better. And I said, what if there's somebody out there, and there's probably someone out there listening and going, that's all fun and dandy, but I don't have any money to start a business. I don't have money. That's for those people that got money. Well, let me give you some advice, okay? If you have dreams and goals to own a business and you have dreams and goals that cost money, my advice to you is to go work a job. There's no loss in pride going to work for somebody else. But work for that company, get the paycheck, and don't go to the mall and spend it. Go work for Taco Bell. Go work for Starbucks while you're in college, wherever you're at. Get the paycheck and use that to fund your hair salon. That means you're going to be smarter than the boss, and you're going to work for a company, strip them of their knowledge, get their paycheck, and then put that money away, and eventually you'll walk in one day and you will fire your boss. And he will not be mad at you because he's going to honor you and say, you're smart like me. You came to work here and got a paycheck of $2,000 a month, and you did that for 12 months straight, and you took $24,000 and started your own hair salon? Yes. And that boss will probably give you another twenty grand to help you further your career because he noticed that you worked him for a paycheck versus working for a paycheck to pay your bills. That would be my advice to anyone that said, I don't have any money. Go work a little sorry job, okay? Who cares what it is? Just don't get the paycheck and go to the malls and buy them a car and get a big apartment and all the things you do because once you do that, then you're stuck and you can't save money to fund your dreams. That's called the rat this race. Is true. Yes. Okay. Well, you know what, Gary? I thank you so much, so much for your money wisdom and just your wisdom in general. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody you know, that is has been around, you know, and, and they've gone through those things. So I do appreciate you. Thank you so much. We're actually going to have to close out the show. But um, if you guys are listening, please share this episode. This is one of those things that everybody needs to learn. So, Gary, I do appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Brittany. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. We so with that, uh, we're just going to go ahead and say peace out, and we'll see you next Monday, same place, same time, Open Minds Radio Show, and we are out of here.